Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Here it is just a couple of days before the new year. Actually, it's like a day and a half, a day, whatever. It's close. We're almost there. And hopefully 2021 will be better. Let's just let's let let's just say that we'll we'll leave it to the stars. But as you know, here on Life Uncloseted, we tell lots of different coming out stories. Everything from people coming out of the closet on their sexuality to people who are like, "I'm done. This relationship needs to be done. I need to leave. I need to come out of the closet." Admit it never really worked. It never should have worked. So on and so forth. And even some of the stories of people who have come out of tragic accidents and gone on to live their life in beautiful ways. So if you are trying to live your life unapologetically and ready to come out of the closet, hop on over to Life Uncloseted. On the website, you'll find a really, really cool little tool called How to Live Your Unapologetic Life. Go ahead and opt in, take that and see what comes out for you. So let's dive in here. I want you to just imagine that you're a rising pop star, you're starting to get your feet wet in the music industry, suddenly you meet someone pretty well known in the industry, and before you know it, you're part of a big, big sort of group. I'm not going to give it away, and then suddenly everything changes, and you find yourself on your own, and in a way you've gone missing from the boy band era. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today with our guest, John Chandler. He was formerly part of a boy band called Six Piece, and he is back with his own music, doing his own thing. And he's going to share just a little bit of his journey about his coming out, his leaving the boy band sort of space. And now he's doing his own thing in Nashville and really stepping into what is it like when you finally discover you're on your own in your own way. So, John, welcome to the podcast, man. Really happy to have you here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Cool, cool. So John has said he's back in Nashville. He kind of got caught in all this crazy pandemic stuff. This is I'm giving you all the backstory so we can go into this stuff. Um, <laughs> but you've been kind of like back and forth between LA, Nashville, trying to like see if you can hopscotch away from COVID, and you, you didn't get away from it, did you, man? Just no, well, not at all. So I'm I'm actually originally from Atlanta. Um, mm. so I've kind of always been back and forth between Atlanta, LA, and New York. Um, and Nashville was kind of the last music city that I hadn't really tried. Um, so I was living in LA. I had just broken up, uh, with my boyfriend at the time and I was looking for something new. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to like risk it all. I got rid of everything in my apartment, sold everything, moved to Nashville. And like the next night there was this huge tornado that wiped out a lot of Nashville. Uh, and then a few weeks after that COVID kind of became a huge thing. Um, so yeah, so I decided to go back to Nashville to quarantine with a friend for a few months because I didn't want to just be at the, in this new town sequestered by myself right, right, for all those right. months. So yeah, we went back to uh, LA for a few months where I have like friends and a base there. Um, then yeah, came back to Nashville in July. So yeah, so it's I'm got, just here, man. It's got to be interesting, uh, you know, kind of quote traveling about the country in the midst of all this. I haven't really traveled a lot since we've, you know, this all kicked in. Traveled locally here in California, but um 
it's got to be kind of that interesting space of, okay, well, some people are doing things this way. Other people are doing it this way. I mean, what was it yeah. like, like moving about the globe, so to speak? Well, I definitely, uh, well, at first I don't think we knew what we were dealing with. So like at first, you know, I wasn't really worried about it. And then obviously as it progressed, it got worse and worse, but honestly, I, f- I feel safer on a plane than I do at Trader Joe's to be honest with you. Cause like I, w- I have my own row. There was no one around me the way that the air works that like, you know, filtrates through the plane really quickly. Right. You have to wear your mask the entire time. Um, there was no food and beverage service, even on like yeah. six hour flights. So yeah, honestly, I didn't feel unsafe at all. But like at the grocery store, you know, you're grabbing stuff. People are six inches away from you. So I don't know. There, there's no right and wrong. You just have to kind of be cautious and uh, do what makes you feel safe. And I, I feel like I've always kind of followed the rules. But mm-hmm. I, I did get some hate stuff online when people saw that I was traveling. So I tried to not really uh, put it out there anytime I was traveling and stuff just to not give the wrong idea. But Yeah. Interesting. So speaking of wrong ideas and getting hate stuff and all that sort of stuff, you've kind of been on an interesting journey as a musician and as a singer and finding your way, had some really hot luck in the beginning. And then, I don't know, you just kind of taking your own path. So for those who don't know who Maurice Starr is, why don't you kind of fill in the gap for those that are listening who don't know who that is? So he's the music mogul behind like New Edition and New Kids on the Block. He basically did New Edition uh, and they became huge. And th- these are his words, not mine. He said, what if I did a white version of New Edition? That was literally what he thought he was going to do. And that was New Kids on the Block. And obviously they became, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing in the world. I mean, they still hold some records over some of the most recent boy bands. Um, and they literally started the, the boy band craze as we know it. Like everyone that worked under... Or you star Lou Pearl and Johnny Wright. They all kind of came in that camp, and that's that's where we got Insane, Backstreet, Five. I mean, C Note, every single band you think of. But yeah, it was kind of a crazy thing. I, I grew up in church. Um, I was born in Alabama, raised in Georgia, so definitely small town. My parents were pastors. Always kind of had music in my life, but like no one tells you that music is like an opportunity for a career. You know, especially in a small town, that's more something you do for fun or in church, whatever. But yeah, at a, at a really young age, I. I was working for this entertainment company as a dancer and I just happened to be in the lobby of the Ritz Carlton in Atlanta. And this guy called me over. I had no idea who he was. And uh turns out it was Maurice Starr. So yeah, that's kind of how the, the whole journey began. And that's not a realistic way. Like that's, that's not how it normally works. Like all of a right. sudden some mogul meets you in a, in a Ritz Carlton lobby, but that's just how it happened. Um, and I was in a gospel band for a little bit. And actually the reason that I got out of the gospel band is because I was kind of already coming to terms with my sexuality which is hard enough as it is but it's definitely hard when you're also in this like music industry which i mean it's not that long ago but this is like pre-troy savon pre-adam lambert pre-will and grace queer as folk it it was not like gay was not acceptable in the media at all um so yeah so i kind of was like maybe the gospel group isn't the best idea for me uh so i asked to be part of his other project which was this kind of r&b pop group Mm -hmm. um yeah, that's how I got in the uh, 60s. So for you, as this is all unraveling, you're, you're starting to deal with your own sexuality, enlightenment and challenges, music starting to happen. What was the most scary part of all of this that was going on for you? Well, I wasn't shy about it. That's the, that's the funny thing. Like, I was out to all my friends and family. It, I, I'm not a shy person. Like, in my mind, at 16, I was ready to tell the world, but the world wasn't ready for me to tell it i guess so everyone in the band everyone that 
I was working with advised me like extremely strongly, like it's just not an option. Like you can't, mm. you can't come out, but they, they pitched it in a way that it was for my own good. It wasn't like they were threatening me in a, in a bad way. Looking back, it, it was a negative thing, but at the time they pitched it as trust me, this won't serve you. Well, we're trying to like do the best thing for you. Right. And I was young. So I, I kind of believed it and they were probably right to be honest with you. The, I mean, it just wasn't cool there. So, uh, so yeah, so it was weird to be completely out in my personal life, but then doing radio interviews with people where they're like, so what kind of girls do you like, John Chandler? And having to be like, oh, I like a girl that makes me laugh. And the band is like, you know, snickering in the background. Right. So it, it, it became like kind of like an inside joke. But um, And yeah. where, where were you living at the time when all this was going on? We were based out of Atlanta. But okay. we, we were traveling everywhere. I mean, right. we were. That's how much the music industry has changed in such a small amount of time. Like you couldn't just go on Instagram live and say, I have a new record coming out. You had to go do every radio show. Right. So we would take a trip to New York, wake up at 4 a.m., do all the radio shows, um, do concerts. We do all the mall tours, like malls used to be like. Right, right, right. The thing, right. It was just, and it feels like it was so not long ago, but look, but thinking back to that model, it's like, now it's, it's, it's completely different. Yeah, it's very ancient. Yeah. Now, the reason yeah. I ask that, because it's so interesting to hear you say, no, you can't be out that way. And knowing that you're from the South, because when I came out, initially came out of the closet, I was 19 years old. And as we were talking before we came on to record, um, I was in college in a little small college outside of Chattanooga. And as soon as you said those words, you can't do that. It just took me right back to that same conversation. And I didn't end up kind of like you. I, I didn't come out completely and I actually went back in the closet and then got married and all this other stuff. But it's so interesting to just hear even generationally, because I know you're much younger than I am, but just to hear this, Oh, you can't be this. It's, it's this constant cycle of those words never quit being uttered. You know, it's such an interesting space. And especially hearing about this in the music industry and, um, my one of my husband's friends is actually married to Adam Lambert's cousin. I know they're they're family somehow, and <laughs> okay. so we've gotten little interesting tidbits about you know conversations he's had, and it's just such an interesting thing to think about the music industry being like, no, gay's not cool. When yet, yeah, there's so many gay artists who've made it big. You know, Elton John, Adam Lambert, Prince, who knows what Prince's proclivity really was. Even if you're not, even if you're not like on the stage as an openly gay person, think about every producer, manager, agent, photographer. I mean, there's so many gay people that are part of the music industry. Um, And there's, I mean, behind every person, there's hundreds of people on their team. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to, to, to act like that, that doesn't exists in the industry right. is just it's just insane and also right. like look look at high school like who do you think like everyone in chorus and drama were the people called the called the gays well right. those are the people that are actors and singers hello yeah so exactly. of course there's gay celebrities it's so interesting in fact it's really yeah. fascinating to me to like hear these stories and then think about okay the parallel of what you went through with six piece where you know, there's like this uncertainty, are you guys going to make it? And you kind of came on the scene in the wrong time. But that in- uncertainty piece, it's the same uncertainty that you feel as a gay person. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I don't know if I'm going to make it. You know, I don't know if I can actually be who I want to be. 
And yet this happens all the time in the music industry. It's like, okay, one day, you know, not to blend fashion with music, but it's kind of like Heidi Klum saying one day you're in and one day you're out, you know, it's like, it happens that quickly. So for you, as you've kind of come past this whole six piece thing and, and started moving on, what makes you feel like, okay, I'm on my path. I, I, I know you've done some deep work and you know, all this sort of stuff, but you found this awareness of yourself to say, I'm staying on my path. I'm going, what's helped you do that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny because every interview that I do, people act like six piece was yesterday and that I just bounced back. I'm like, right. there's a huge time lapse between, right. you know, that. So I mean, and that, and that's another thing that I think is funny. I think people think that if you're not releasing art, that you're not an artist anymore. Artists are people just like everyone else. You don't, you don't ever stop being an artist, but sometimes life kind of takes over for a minute. Maybe you have, you know, a death in the family, some mental health problems, some addiction problems, or a relationship that, so people kind of, kind of go off the rails for a minute, but they never stop being artists. Right. So that's why it was kind of cool that the first song that I kind of re-released was called Missing, because I got, I heard people joke, like, where have you been? And I was like, well, yeah, I haven't been missing. I've been right here. Right. I just haven't necessarily been in the public eye, but it took me a while to kind of subscribe to the fact, like the idea of an indie artist that, that didn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. Cause if you start your music kind of path, as a major label artist, you don't want to go backwards. You want it, That's what you're expecting. So when I left um, Atlanta and, and moved to LA the first time, I just kind of had this sense of entitlement. Like I'm here ready for my next record deal, like ready to get signed because that had been my first experience. So I wasn't, you know, looking for someone to produce my music on my own. I wasn't looking to book my own shows. So for years I kind of was waiting for that to happen. And then I kind of realized that everything was shifting and I started seeing like, you know, these 15 year olds in their bedroom in Milwaukee right. all be- becoming stars. I'm like, wait, who are you? Right. So I was like, well, hold on. I need to reevaluate it. So then I kind of let go of that, you know, necessarily needing to be the next big pop star. I'm like, why do I, why do I do what I do? Like you have to ask yourself that, which is weird because once you've done something for so long, sometimes you just do it, you know, as a robot. Yep. And I had to ask myself, why, why do I do music? It's because I love music. I'm a musician. I don't just love singing music. I like creating music. So once I kind of got back to that and I started just um, writing music, I was working in a music venue when I left LA and went to New York. I was working in a music venue. And after being a server there for two years, I got booked to perform there. And that kind of was a big deal going from being in the shadows to being back on stage. And yeah, just doing music for the sake of the love of music and, and letting go of all the ego and any expectation People can kind of feel that. And so I started getting really good response and people felt that I was more authentic because obviously the boy band vibe is very, you know, contrived and choreography and pop, which is great. It's awesome. But like when I sit down at a piano, that's not necessarily what comes out. So I just kind of, yeah, I was listening to kind of my inner voice, if you want to call it that, and just kind of getting back to the basic of things. And it's funny, once I kind of started to get in that groove, then COVID happened, which is kind of like, I joked the universe telling everyone to take a seat. Like mm-hmm. you didn't have a choice. It didn't matter how rich you were, no socioeconomic status, fame. It, it didn't matter. Race, glo- where, wherever you are on the globe, everyone had to sit down and like pause. Um, and that's scary to be alone with your thoughts mm-hmm. and have to really, and that's kind of what missing is about is like, what's, what is missing from my life? Cause it's not necessarily what's wrong with your life, but what's missing. And so when we were forced to take everything out of our life, now we're slowly starting to put things back in. That's what missing is about, is being very pointed in what you put in your life. Put mm-hmm. things there that are missing, things that need to be there, and not just, you know, 
be filled with all this fluff that is right. not necessary. It's interesting that you say that because I was having this conversation with a friend of mine the other day about COVID and where we are and what we're doing. And those who listen to the podcast know I, I have worked from home since 2003. So being on Zoom calls and all this stuff, that, that's just my life. So when COVID hit, it wasn't like a huge shift for me. But to your point of what's missing and then what are we starting to put back into life? I said, it's kind of like anybody who's ever done the whole 30 plan, meal plan. You kind of, for 30 days, you take out sugars and carbs and all these things. You like take them all away and you kind of do this 30 day lifestyle where everything other than just certain things are in your, in your diet. And then to kind of figure out, okay, what is, is good for you as a person, you slowly start to bring things back in and you realize the stuff you didn't really need. I mean, I thought I was going to like have this really weird, like, you know, detox from, you know, a alcohol, there was no alcohol in this whole thing. I'm like, okay, not that I'm a drunk, but I love my wine. And it was so interesting to just kind of watch life suddenly just adjusted. You know, you could just adjust. Luckily, you, you know, my husband was with me in this whole thing. So when it's two doing it, it's a little bit easier, but it's interesting to use that analogy because it's true. What is, what's actually missing? I mean, there's not a whole lot that I've missed. Okay. I miss theater. (laughs) I'll admit it. I'm a theater geek. I really miss (laughs) theater these days. But other than that, there's not a whole lot through this craziness that I can say, God, I miss this. Okay. Maybe hanging out with friends. Yeah. But you know, as it's starting to open up, we've hung with certain groups of friends, only those friends, you know, but it is such an interesting space to play. And, and I'm, I just love that you brought it up that way because I think people sometimes look at, what's missing like in a really negative way instead yeah. of what's missing for the good, you know, what's not present in your life. That's actually like, making, what can I good. add? Yeah. 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 So what is, what, is, what could you add back to your life right now that if you could just add it back in, you'd love to have it back in your life. Oh my gosh. Um, maybe travel. I mean, I, I mentioned that I have traveled a little bit, but it's not, it's not like seamless. I've traveled to places that I needed to be. I would right. love to just, just go somewhere for vacation. I miss that. Yeah. Like I miss just being able to sit down with friends. I mean, obviously I, I do see it like how you said, I see like certain groups of people that I feel comfortable with. So I'm not completely just quarantined and sequestered to myself, but it is different. Like, you know, on your birthday, not being able to go out, you know, to a bar or to a restaurant with a bunch of your friends or um, holidays, having to be like a little selective and on who yeah. can come, like, yeah. you know, we don't know those cousins where they've been. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird vibe to have to always be cautious. And if mm-hmm. you don't, if you're not careful, the caution can turn to fear, which is definitely not right. the space you want to live in. So that's the thing. I, I guess I, I miss um, living without fear, I guess. So mm-hmm. I, I like to start my day watching the news, but then I don't watch it again the rest yeah. of the day because it's, yeah. I like to, I like to start and see if anything crazy happen while I was asleep, but I can't look at it all day long or it becomes too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you, you mentioned that like the no wine thing, I love to drink, but I cert- sometimes have to like remove it from my life just to kind of get some clarity and not, especially during COVID, there was no boundaries. Right. Like there was no, there was no job I had to get up and go to. I wasn't with anyone that was going to look at me sideways and judge me. So there was no reason for me not to just do whatever I wanted, which was fun. But then sometimes I'm like, okay, 
let me maybe not drink for a little bit so I can actually be productive, get some mm-hmm. clarity and, and not waste this time because as, as horrible as this whole thing has been, it's also been a gift like to be able to, like you said, you work from home. Not everyone does. It's been a gift to be able to spend this much time just in solitude to kind of like yeah. stir your soul and figure out what you want to do next and plan mm-hmm. your next move and, and not just let life pass you by. Um, but, but to actually harness and control what you want to do. And, what, and that, at least for me, that's what it's been. So mm-hmm. it's definitely been a year that I will never forget ever. Um, right. Just absolutely crazy. I love the solitude piece that you brought up because I think in so many ways you, you use the term, you know, the universe was telling us all to take a seat. <clears throat> I think there's so many metaphors here to take a seat, to put the pause button on, to take a breath, you know, whatever it is, because in our own way, I think each of us have been, been invited into this place to really be with ourselves. Even if you got a yeah. partner or a husband or a wife, it's like, okay, how are you going to do this? How do you, what are you waking up to each and every day that says, what is the lesson I'm supposed to be learning from this? And it's been a really interesting journey to watch a lot of people that I work with in my coaching and stuff, man, that, that dial has been been turned all the way up to like, yes, I need to take a deeper look at life right now. So with that in mind and having spent a lot of solitude and stuff with yourself, where do you think this is going to take you musically as you continue? Because, you know, you've just been sitting there playing tiddlywinks. You haven't been producing anything. So, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, no, that's the, that's the thing. Like, so my, my new EP is, is, is all about that. It's, it's literally just an EP about self-discovery. And the name of the EP is just the actual track list of the songs. It's that's changing, awesome. missing. It's just called changing, missing, running, growing. That's, and that's the name of the of the songs on the EP, um, and each name of the song kind of says its own story. Um, it's all about you know what's missing and what's what's changing, you know, growing. What are you running from? So it's it's definitely um, the most authentic music I've ever released. I feel like because you know I like all types of music, but if you come to my live shows, it's me at a piano doing kind of a you know soulful acoustic piano kind of vibe. So this kind of reflects that a bit. Um, and yeah, I don't know what's going to come next for me. And that's, and that's kind of the beauty of it. Um, like in missing, there is no resolution in that, in that song. It, it literally says like, it's something that I want, something that I need. I can't seem to find it. And that's the whole point is that it's an evolution and evolution by definition doesn't stop. Right. I mean, every, every morning I'm waking up saying, what can I do today and resetting my intentions. And, um, it's a scary, but exciting place to be in. Um, but it has made me thankful um, just for the things that I do have. And I, I do think that's the secret of happiness is gratitude. Gratitude mm-hmm. 100% is the only thing that makes you happy. Um, so, yeah. So, hopefully, <laughs> like you were saying, hopefully 2021 is better. But you know what? There wasn't something – there was a lot of great things in 2020. So, I don't want to act like 2020 was a wash. Yeah. I mean, I moved, yeah. to, I moved to a new city. I released new music for the first time in four years. I really did, did some soul searching. I mean, I got to spend more time with family. Because my family's in Atlanta, so I was a four-hour, you know, drive right. away instead of ha- instead of having to hop on a, a six-hour plane. So there's definitely like some really cool, you know, things that I that I want to be thankful for, and not and not just write off that 2020 was a bust. So right, yeah, because we don't know what 2021 could bring. Exactly, we don't. <laughs> you know, we don't. And it's it's such an interesting space. And you're you're the probably about the third person recently that I had similar conversations with on the podcast around how 
I know for me, 2020 was a surprise. It was a complete surprise at how well, you know, I've done in my business with my coaching practice, with all the stuff, you know, my second book is pretty close for me being done, you know, ready for, to start the second draft and all this sort of stuff. And if somebody had told me at the beginning of 2020 that I would have made more money than I did in the last couple of years and all this, I would have been like, but it's this crazy thing, but yet it actually gave me breadth to like slow down myself, mm-hmm. made me appreciate some things that I wasn't appreciating and just kept inviting stuff in. Yeah, I'm not crazy about all the crazy bullshit that's going on in so many other places. But if I don't allow myself into that space, it's really easy to be much more happy and in possibilities. You know, yeah. you know that's the thing. And I think for a lot of people, this caught them so much by surprise and i'm not saying that ooh, you and i are we're hovering above everybody else but i think there's <laughs> something too when you have done some practice of gratitude and practice of meditation yeah. or any of that stuff or you know being in you know literally saying but but what's the possibility in this what's the opportunity it i think it helps you grow through trials and changes you yeah, know yeah. even as we yeah. were coming on the air to record this there, I saw a news story, which I won't even bring up because I want to just keep this in this really positive space, but it could have taken me completely out. I'm like, okay, well, that wasn't a surprise. So, you know, what's next? Let's keep going, you know? And I think that's the beauty of being, you know, artistic, number one, that you give yourself the permission to keep going and digging and finding and creating. I love that you said you're much, you know, you make music to create it. It's just such a beautiful endeavor that it kind of takes you out of the rest of the bullshit of life. Yeah. So what do you feel like could help people right now just from your, your space in the planet to really yeah. like just kind of look at the world through a little bit different lens? What would you say? Well, it, I heard so many people say like, oh, I can't wait till this is over so we can get back to normal. And that to me is the scariest thing. If we went back to normal, uh, I see this as an opportunity to change things. I mean, mm-hmm. everything needs to change. I, th- I feel like everything systemically is crumbling. I mean, yes. I'm not going to get political, but politics, religion, education, just people's lives, our economy, everything is crumbling, which, okay. So let's not go back to normal. Let's, let's think of something different. Let's, let's rebuild in a, in a better way. Yeah. Like, you know, if your house crumbles to the ground because of the foundation, you don't just do the same thing as you did before. You fix the foundation. So let's fix it and, and go from there. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I know for me, I'm, it's forcing me to kind of think outside the box. What's the saying? Uh, necessity is the I don't I don't even want to try to quote. I'll say it wrong. Basically saying that you come up with invention out of necessity. I forget yeah. the exact yeah. quote. Yeah. So, like, I've had to think outside the box as a musician because, like, I released this music this year. Normally I would do like a you know a record release show and blah blah blah. I couldn't do that because of COVID. Right. Um, so it's it's forced you to like do things more virtual. Uh, now you're like cold calling and cold emailing publishers mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. which before they would kind of look at that as weird. Now right. the good news is they don't look at that as weird. They understand why you're cold emailing them because that's what the vibe is now. So yeah, it it's, has, it's kind of shrank the world of it. You can just reach out to people. So right. I don't know. It's interesting. I was recording another podcast earlier today and <clears throat> um, his, the guy's name is Tim Seelig and he's actually um, 
He actually is the conductor of the gay men's chorus in San Francisco. And we were having this same exact conversation about what this has done. He goes, you know, what's interesting to me is because of COVID, I can now sit here on a screen and look at you and see you and look you in the eye where so much of the rest of my life, I was like, so let's talk about that. You know, all we did was talk over phones and stuff. Yes, we met, you know, in person a lot more and stuff like that. But he goes, I feel like I'm almost more connected to people now because I'm doing this and I'm looking at you. I can see your facial expressions, you know, and a lot of times it's just the two of us. Whereas yeah. if you went to go have a meeting with someone, you'll walk in and especially like in your world, you'll walk into a record company or a producer and there's like, you know, 10 people in the room. And so now you got to try to, you know, placate to all of them. Right. And so it's just, it's interesting how, again, perceptions of, Oh my God, this is the worst fucking thing in the world versus I actually feel a little more connected to you, you know? Yeah. And um, I, I have seen this happen over and over again over the months because, again, I started from a space of this was my world. So yeah. I got to watch kicking and screaming the rest of the world come into this world, right? And now to see some of those people who were kicking and screaming, they're just like embracing this. They're my clients who are like, oh my gosh, this is actually kind of cool. I can, you know, I can have people in my world from all over the world in a whole different way, you know? Yeah. But that's um, very, very cool. So as yeah. we're heading into 2021 and, and not just a couple of days as we're looking at when this is coming out here, what would you love to do in 2021? And I know that may be a loaded question, but like if you could just say, for me, John, this is what I'd like to do in 2021. What would be one of those things? I'm kind of pursuing every creative outlet. Like obviously music is my my passion, I guess, is the word. I, I hate saying that because it's so overused because I think I'm passionate about everything if I'm a passionate person. But music is kind of like my, my love. But the reason that I'm able to write music is because I'm a good communicator. I like mm. talking to people. I like making people laugh. I like acting. I like all these different things. So I've kind of been putting myself out there in other creative ways that I haven't even done since high school, like auditioning you know, for film projects and trying to do, you know, more podcasts like this and doing more panels. And I'm just putting myself out there in every creative way that I can um, because they're all pieces of me. They're all parts of me. Um, so I think that's the, that's the important thing is not to limit yourself because you say, I identify as a singer or I identify as this. That's awesome. But you're such a multifaceted person. Everyone is. So I'm trying to just do everything that makes me happy. Um, because that, that's kind of like what this year has taught me. Everything mm -hmm. can be stripped away so quickly. So you better like do everything that you want to do right now, mm -hmm. like right this second. Because the second you take it for granted, all of a sudden something that you used to do every day or it's just gone. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to just do everything that I can, not waste a moment with family, with friends, any, any endeavor that I can get into. I'm just putting myself out there for sure. I love that because not just because of all the stuff you just said, but there was a piece of it as you were saying, I'm like, these are all pieces of me. And it kind of comes back to who we are in the world as LGBTQ individuals. I know it's hard to come out. I'm not ever going to bullshit anybody that it isn't, you know, even in the best of circumstances, there's going to be times where, Oh, great. You, you're gay. Cool. Let's go have brunch. Right. <laughs> you know, some families it's like, yeah. okay, well, we, we knew that we were just waiting for you to tell us. Right. But even in those moments, it's not easy. But I feel like one of the core elements 
that I discovered over the years, you know, first in my own experience and then working with people day in, day out doing this work is when you can see that it's just another piece of you, just yeah. like, you know, music, whether you're writing it, you're singing it, you're going to do some film work. Maybe you'll decide you're going to, you know, do some voiceover work. I don't It doesn't matter what it is. It's all just pieces of who we are. And when we as humans, which is where we're in the throes of this so much, won't allow people to show the pieces of who they are, that's when there's the problem. And that's yeah. when, you know, kind of kind of back to this, some of the stuff that you said about your music, it's like, this is when stuff starts missing. Yeah. This is when we feel like we can't show up because it's missing because I feel like I have to hide this. Yeah. It's missing because I feel like this isn't the time for me to be able to share this part of myself. Yeah. And I love those pieces of the EP because it's in so many ways about inviting people to just step forward. Yeah. I've seen so many people in my life since February, March hit where kind of like what you said, John, people are like, fuck yeah. it. If I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. So now's no, the exactly. time to do it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I started running. Anyone that knows me that is listening to this will probably start laughing. Like the idea of me running, like, the fact that I didn't drink on my birthday and I started running and I like do a daily morning devotional, that is not who I've ever been. Mm. So, but yeah, but like in this situation, I'm like, if I'm ever going to try this, this is the time. <laughs> like when else will I try mm. this if not now? So it's been interesting. Like it's been such an opportunity to do something different because no one's really around to see if I fail at it. So like, let me just try this real quick. Right. Right. Uh, and yeah. it's also a beautiful time to, do something different and be with yourself doing it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I do lots, lots of different things, but I, you know, I, I was a spin instructor for a while. There was a time when I was like a spin instructor doing the coming out coaching. I was doing some consulting stuff. I mean, people, and I was writing my book and I was doing my podcast and people are like, you do so many things. I'm like, yeah, so yeah. why not? You know, and, and I know that for me is part of my my things that I need in life. I need variety. I don't need certainty to, so much. I need variety. And when I have variety in my life, I thrive. And I think this, again, this lovely little Petri dish we've been in for 2020, yeah. and I believe beyond, I don't think we're anywhere close to being out of this Petri dish right now. I, I think know. it's invited people to start to step into saying, what am I all about? What am I truly all about? Well, to me, that's what coming out means. All, all that coming out means is accepting yourself. Yes. Once you start to accept yourself, you come out. So that's not something you do once. You mm -hmm. have to accept yourself every single day. Yep. There are situations I come in now. I've been out of the closet since I was 16 where I have to come out again, yes. not just to myself, but to other people. And it's weird because I forget. I'm like, oh, they didn't know. Mm -hmm. So you have to always continue to accept yourself. Um and that's what coming out is to me. So especially well, I'm sure I'm sure in the music business that happens all the time. Yeah. That, that coming out never stops. Especially if your music doesn't necessarily like it's funny. I'm I'm considered, I guess, a gay artist because I'm a gay person, but I don't like have videos where I'm wearing glitter and singing to right. dance music. I'm not which I'm not downing that at all. But that I'm more of a singer songwriter, so you wouldn't necessarily listen to my music and know that about me. Right. So yeah, a lot of times I'll do like a an interview like this, and I and 
halfway through, I'll say something and they'll kind of go, oh, <laughs> like, okay, now I get it. I'm like, oh, my bad. I need to like preface <laughs> the conversation right. with that. So yeah, so my point was that like coming to, you know, grips with your sexuality is one part of coming out. It's more about accepting yourself. Everything else falls into place. And that's something that we have to continue to do every day, I feel like. Right. So uh, here's true confessions from Rick. So <laughs> when your publicist, Jeff, who Jeff and I have worked together many, many, many years, he's delivered me <clears throat> lots of different people to interview. So he threw me your pitch and another pitch in the same day. And I'm like, okay, cool. And the first one, I'm like, yeah, totally going to do this because it fit because it's it was right for the right before the election. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to have them on. And then I'm reading yours, I'm reading through it. And I'm like, well, this is a nice story, but, and I could probably pivot it like, you know, coming out of the boy band era, but I'm like, I don't know. I, I just, you know, and then I, of course, you know, I, I always get to see photos and stuff. I'm like, well, he looks like he could be a gay boy, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I, I literally <laughs> wrote Jeff back and said, um, yes to the one John, I think we just need to kind of twist the story of how it's a coming out story I said, because is he gay? And of course, Jeff came back and goes, come on, Rick. Of course he's gay. I, I send you the gay ones. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, but that, I, I felt like that was a really good thing to share because you're yeah. right. There's not, if I had not known that, okay, yeah. I would have probably made my own assumptions, you know, because, hey, you're cute. You kind of got the gay thing, hair going and all this sort of stuff, right? <laughs> but um, you, yeah. don't, you don't come off like in the interview. Yeah. There's very few moments that I go, oh, okay, yeah, check mark. There was the gay show up, you know, very few. <laughs> but it's it's such an interesting thing because I get that all the time too. If I'm on yeah. somebody else's podcast, it's very rare, depending on the podcast, it's very rare that I play the gay card unless it makes a sense to play the gay card, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's very interesting because I'm a big guy too. And most people walking down the street, they would never even guess that I'm gay, you know? But it's just part of who we are and part of being how we show up in the world. And sometimes that doesn't mean we have to wave the gay flag to say, Hey, here we are. We're queer. It's just, yeah. we show up in that way when we show up. So yeah. Good yeah. stuff, man. Well, yeah. I love, love, love where you're going. I've listened to some of the music before we had the interview wishing you all the best, man. I, I think there's just so much cool room right now for basically indie artists like you to like, yeah. I'm going to go make my mark. This yeah. is my mark to be made. Thank you, Rick. No, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I have a lot of cool stuff coming up. And like I said, this, this whole process of like soul searching and, and spending so much time alone, I've been able to write and really kind of get focused. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for 2021. Uh, my next single is coming out um, called changing, <laughs> which is very appropriate for right now because everything yes, is. is changing new yeah. year, uh, hopefully new vibe. People are starting new jobs. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I love that it's changing because all that stuff you just said, but I also feel like we as a humanity are changing. Yeah, we are. And we're being called to this change. And some of it's not going to be pretty. Some of it's not, hasn't been pretty. But when we allow the change to happen and we decide how we're going to stand through it or walk through that change, and that's very much to me the metaphor of coming out. When you can walk through the change, that's when your strength shows up and you truly are who you're meant to be in the world. So. Yeah, for sure. 
Great meeting you, man. I love this conversation and um, good luck with everything. We'll have everything for you to connect with John on the web pages, on the show pages, all his music, all the stuff that's coming out. And hopefully sometime in 2021, as more stuff comes out, let that ambulance get by. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hopefully in 2021, when more stuff comes out, we can have you back again, man, and have another conversation about where where you're going. I would love to. Thank you, man, so much. You bet. All right. Hey, hey, Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted. <laughs>